Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another FizzCast. I'm John Eads alongside Ian Unsworth. And this week, we are focusing all things on Georgia Tech, the home opener. We're going to talk about what Georgia Tech's done this season, some of the impact players on their team, what Syracuse needs to do to win, uh, you know, get their first win of the season, talk about the betting lines early in the week here, and then kind of, you know, at the end, wrap it up with a little fun over-under just like we did last week. So, Ian, why don't you start it off, give us some general game information, you know, some facts about Georgia Tech here. All right, so we got another noon kickoff this week, ladies and gentlemen, of course. First game in the new dome roof for Syracuse. Of course, uh, there's new tiles letting in some Nice natural light. We saw some pictures earlier this week from the Cuse Athletic Department. Boy, it looks so much better. I mean, when without the natural light, it felt like they were in a basement playing football. Uh, but back to Georgia Tech, of course. They're 1-1 one one on the year. Beat Florida State in the opener. Boy, what has happened to the Florida State football program? We can talk about that another week. But Georgia Tech went down to Tallahassee, 116-13. Then last week, lost what was a highly offensive game to number 14 UCF 49 to 21 scoreline on that one actually a non-conference game that was scheduled and went on as scheduled yeah nice to see that uh because a lot of those games were canceled so that was an intriguing matchup that was on their original schedule and it actually played out which was great to see exciting game to watch it was pretty close until the fourth quarter UCF kind of pulled away and uh, Dino uh, gave UCF a lot of love in his press conference this week I kind of dodged the question, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, one thing that they have struggled with this season is special teams, and I think that's going to be something to look for today. But we'll have more on that later. Uh, Ian, when you look at this Georgia Tech team, what do you see? What's the personnel like? What's the coaching like? Uh, maybe some of the schematics. Well, Jeff Collins is the head coach, second year at Georgia Tech, and they got rid of the option. Whenever, when you think of Georgia Tech, or at least over the past couple of years, you've thought of Georgia Tech, you think of, hey, this is an option team in the ACC. Why are they still doing this? And so Jeff Collins said, let's throw the whole thing out. So their team is young. They're somewhat rebuilding. They're getting into this new shotgun system. But it really starts with the quarterback for me, John. Jeff Sims is a true freshman quarterback. He's a dual threat. Off to not the greatest start in the world. 59% completion percentage on the year and four interceptions compared to two TDs. But watching him last week against UCF, I really like the decisions he was making throwing the short to medium range passes. He doesn't have that deep ball just yet, but I, I love what this guy can do in the short passing game. He makes smart decisions and he throws good footballs. And also he can move with his legs. Yeah, it's a really young team, this Georgia Tech team. Uh, they've been recruiting out of the option system, like you said. So there's a lot of young freshmen, sophomores running the show at a lot of positions. And it was intriguing to see that Jeff Collins elected to go with the true freshman, Jeff Sims, Instead of James Graham, who played last year, he was recruited as an option quarterback, but I thought he did well. He put up good numbers, but Jeff Collins went with the freshman, and uh, he's starting to build for the future, it seems. They got another true freshman, a super frosh, if you will, Jameer Gibbs, and you'll see him playing running back. And uh, you know what? Let's just get into the impact players. So we mentioned Jeff Sims. I just mentioned Jameer Gibbs. Who else does Georgia Tech have? Well, I want to focus on Gibbs for just a little bit. I like him. He's an all-purpose 
sort of back. He works in the receiving game. He can return kicks and punts as well. He's sort of like Georgia Tech's version of, uh, I'd say, a bargain mark Christian McCaffrey. Would you would you agree with that assessment, John? Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. So Jameer Gibbs, we'll see him motioning out of the backfield, works in the passing game, all that sort of good stuff. Jordan Mason, 899 yards in 2019, but not we don't know if he's going to play this weekend. And Jameis Griffin's another guy we'll see running the ball out of the backfield. But in, in comparing their running back room to their receiver room, there are not many headliners on the outside. And I'm not surprised by that because in an option system, you're you know you're going to have a lot of those bigger running backs, good running backs, but you don't really pass the ball when you're in the triple option. So really, you're just recruiting guys to be placeholders and block on the outside. So it's been a struggle finding some impact players on the outside and obviously running an option, a spread system, excuse me. You're going to need some guys on the outside that can make some plays. They do have a couple of intriguing pieces, but really a lack of threats on the outside. So I think that's going to be big for Syracuse this week. One guy to look out for, I guess, Malachi Carter had uh, six catches, 66 yards, and a touchdown versus Florida State. But uh, in the last game, Jameer Gibbs led the team in receiving, so not not ideal. Certainly going to be a test for Syracuse's young linebacking core corralling the great running backs of Georgia Tech. John, let's move to the defensive side. I mean, nothing impressive from the defensive line, which is certainly a great thing for Syracuse because Tommy DeVito or Rex Culpepper, whoever's back there behind center, needs a bit of time to throw. Absolutely. So after two stiff tests, you know, against two ranked opponents and two of the better defensive fronts, front sevens in the uh, conference here. He's going to hopefully get a little bit easier with test this week. Georgia Tech, second to last in the ACC at this point in opponent rushing yards, giving up around 176 a game. So if Syracuse can break 100, shoot, that'd be progress, right? Be so huge. That would be huge. Uh, some guys to look out for, though. Sixth-year senior David Curry, he kind of leads the defense there in the middle at the linebacker position, led the team in tackles last season. And on the back end, they run a 4-2-5. So uh, a lot of players in the secondary. One guy, Trey Swilling, son of Pat Swilling, if we have any uh, you know, retro ACC fans out there, uh, legendary corner. But his status is unknown, so he may not even play. Yeah, one other guy, Wanye Thomas, had a pick last week against UCF, but that's really all we saw from their secondary. Most of the time, they were getting absolutely torched by Dylan Gabriel and company. But of course, UCF skill players are probably at a higher level across the board than Syracuse's skill players and so, the quarterback and, and and the quarterback I have to agree with you there let's let's get into what Syracuse needs to do to win right because this seems like a winnable game it should be a winnable game I think most people at the beginning of the season would have picked Syracuse to beat this Georgia Tech team but now that they've showed some promise and Syracuse looks like they can't get anything started on the offensive end I'm really not so sure so my first key for Syracuse to win is to get that run game going. I think Sean Tucker is the big name this week. Utilize him as much as possible, whether it's running him up the middle. He's bigger than Jordan. We see, we've seen Jordan can't run up the middle. And Marquenzie Pierre, I, he just doesn't do it for me. I don't think he has anything that's really dynamic enough to warrant him getting you know 10 to 15 carries a game. So Utilize Sean Tucker as much as possible in the screen game. Get him outside, run him inside. I don't care. I just want to see some real talent on the field. 
Dino's set on the running by committee approach. So hopefully that means he's going to exploit each of the three backs, Markenzie Pierre, Jawar Jordan, and now Sean Tucker, in the best way that they possibly can. So for Tucker, he's kind of your downhill guy. I agree. I think they need to use him more in the power run game because he's small, he can squeeze through holes, but he can also break tackles because he's, like you said, he's like 5'9", 200. So, uh, you know, a good mix of power and speed there. Jawar Jordan, I think they need to use him in the receiving game. If you read my last article, several times he was put out there on routes and we just didn't hit him. And he's also being kept in on, in, in pass protection. So that's just, no, that's a no-no. So uh, you mentioned the, the run game. I think uh, defensively for Syracuse, they need to make Georgia Tech run the ball. We already mentioned the Yellow Jackets don't really have a lot of receiving threats on the outside. They don't pass the ball at a tremendous clip. So we can just you know, shut down that side of their game completely and make them run the football, keep sending the blitzes. You know, I think Tony White can figure some stuff out there. They, they've looked good in the first couple of games bringing pressure and stuff. So point is, if we can turn them one-dimensional, uh, I think we'll shut them down. I really like the linebackers, the way they've flown, flown to the ball over the past couple of weeks. Jones, Canton Arku, and Thompson, even Steve Linton and some of the backups we've thrown in there Letting those young linebackers and young secondary young secondary members flow to the ball, just play aggressively downhill, go for that run. If you can sell all out, young guys will make tackles. But if they're unsure, if Georgia Tech starts exploiting play action, getting those RPOs over the middle, that's where Syracuse is going to have problems. And I was happy with Tony White last week. You know, there were a lot of guys, I don't want to point fingers, but I'll bring up one. Lee Kapugba, he struggled in the opener against North Carolina. And you know what? We didn't see him much against Pitt. We put somebody else in there. We saw other guys getting the opportunity. Jihad Carter uh, and Tyrell Richards, for example. Carter led the team in tackles. That's the kind of stuff you need to do. If someone's not getting it done, put somebody else in. Keep the guys on the field that can get the job done. And so what are we thinking about the pass game? I'm not sure if it can really get going, but if it's going to get going, I think Syracuse needs to pick a quarterback and stick with him. I don't care if it's DeVito or Rex Culpepper. Honestly, I'd take Rex Culpepper after what I saw last week. I just think Syracuse needs to stop with this quarterback carousel of DeVito's in, DeVito's out, DeVito's in. It, it, it just doesn't help anything. It doesn't help the optics. It doesn't help DeVito or the receivers get in a rhythm. And I, I, I just don't like watching Dino Babers look angry over there on the sidelines. Stick with DeVito if you're going to stick with DeVito. And if not, let the backup go. Well, he mentioned in his press conference there will be packages for both guys. So we saw packages. That. It they're quarterbacks. They don't need packages. I agree, but he's intent on potentially using Rex in the run game. We saw that little a uh, couple option plays mm-hmm. there. Now they weren't good plays, but he has set packages for him. I think you stick with Devito. Culpepper didn't. I mean, aside from that one long throw he made, which was a nice play, good for him. I think DeVito gives you the best chance to win. Now the question is, can we keep him off the turf? Can we install plays where he can get the ball out of his hands quickly and doesn't hold on to it waiting for these long developing routes to come open? You can't set him up for failure. you got to set him up to throw to guys over the middle, right? Just like Georgia Tech's doing with their young QB, let DeVito make easy throws, build up a little confidence. Uh, I was talking to uh, one of my friends earlier this week, and he said they should show DeVito some film from 2018 when he came in as a backup and played his butt off. And it, it, though he was just making simple plays. The simple stuff is what Tommy DeVito needs to do. I think he's overthinking everything, and that's why he's so shaken. It doesn't help that the offensive line is terrible. 
It doesn't help. He doesn't have a good receiver, but he's he's got to step it up at the end of the day. Yeah, if only he had a good offensive line and still had Jamal Custis and Dante Strickland running the show with him. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have those weapons. So, But you're right, he's just got to make do, and the coaches, I think, really need to put him in positions where he can succeed. And hopefully they can do that by this week. We'll see what adjustments Syracuse make in Week 3. John, anything else about the SU keys to victory before we head to the betting lines? It's as simple as get the offense going. That seems pretty darn simple to us, but... At the same time, Syracuse could find every single way in the book to mess it up. So let's talk about these lines, John. SU an 8.5 underdog, according to most betting sites. Uh, just a flat 8 on ESPN. Uh, what, are, what are we thinking? Can Syracuse do it this week? They did it last week, but did not cover in week 1. So SU is 1 for 1 on the year as an underdog. Do they cover this 8.5 point spread? Absolutely. I think it's a low-scoring defensive battle. And I don't see I don't think Georgia Tech's nine, eight and a half, nine points better than us. I, I see this being way under somewhere near a four point game. How about you? I honestly could see it being a shootout. I, you know, color me wrong. I could be complete <laughs> I could be completely wrong in this one, but I think Syracuse somehow, some way gets their offense jump started. And what I saw from Georgia I did not like what I saw from Georgia Tech's secondary last week playing single man coverage against you know Dylan Gabriel who can throw a beautiful deep ball so exactly. it 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 wasn't necessarily the UCF offense being so much better than Georgia Tech's defense they looked confused at times they were outplayed they were outplayed schematically from a coordinator standpoint as well so i think Syracuse can really exploit the youth of Georgia Tech's defense and put up some points so i think this is probably a field goal game and i think it gets up to the 30s See, for me, I understand your point. It's I'll believe it when I see it. You know, I just there's nothing that I've seen that can. We're literally we are last in the country in pretty much every offensive category. There's nothing tangible that I've seen that gives me any glimmer of hope that we can get over ten points. That's that's a very acceptable point. I, there's nothing I can say to really rebuke that. Next, next up on the betting lines, the total. Well, the point total is over under fifty two and a half. So you're over, right? Uh, if it gets up into the 30s. If it gets up into the 30s, well, yes, I'd have to take the over. But at the same time, if I was playing around with my money, I would not be betting that over. I say hammer the under here. And probably a smart choice. Money line, Syracuse around uh, plus 240 on most sites. And uh, ESPN FPI is giving Syracuse a 32.4 chance to win. Would, would you throw money on a Syracuse money line? Hmm. I mean, I, th I think you have to, right? Yeah. More experienced quarterback, better-looking defense. Home opener. Home, well, no fans, but still home opener. Mm. Uh, it's, it's really just going to be up in the air, folks. There's you, there's no real way to call it. You can't, like, I could be leaning one way or the other, and I could change by the hour in terms of who's going to win this game. It's really convoluted because both teams have not put up great numbers so far, and both teams also have so much inexperience. Let's move to our personal over-unders before we wrap this show up. John, uh, you had the first two, correct? That's right. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll give them to you first. So over-under, uh, we get a 100 rushing yards. Not, you know, n not fooling around with the sack yard. It's none of that. 100 rushing yards gained by the running backs. Dang. Ah, I'd love to say yes, but I just I can't. Because overall, the running backs have gotten what? 
20 uh, carries a game. It, 141, it, I think. Yeah, it seems like all of them. they're not being utilized once Syracuse gets down in the football game. So if Georgia Tech takes any sort of a lead, it's just going to be pass, 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 pass. The running backs won't get any action. So I'm hammering the under. Okay. Uh, I think just because it's between the running backs and there's no sack yardage involved here, I think we'll hit this. We've already talked about you know Georgia Tech's defensive line is kind of weak. And I think between the three running backs, we can find ways to use all of them creatively inside and outside. And if we get the run game going, I think that's a great sign. Uh, so the second one here, and then you can do yours. Over under, the defense forces two turnovers. Now, Georgia Tech had five last week. It was kind of an ugly game there for a second in the third quarter between them and UCF. And the defense forced two last week, I believe. So do you think we get two this week? Absolutely. I'd, I'd take the over on this one because the Syracuse defense is experienced enough, and Tony White seems to be great at calling these plays that mess up quarterbacks, cause turnovers, cause confusion. And also, if Georgia Tech turns one-dimensional, they put it in the hands of a young running back. Syracuse defense flying to the football. I like our chances of forcing at least one fumble and grabbing a pick or two. And especially with a freshman quarterback, those chances double. So I'm taking the over on this one. I'm saying three turnovers this weekend for Syracuse. And I agree. We've already talked about Jeff Sims. He's had trouble with consistency. He's thrown four interceptions already this season. Syracuse hasn't really shown the ability to punch the ball out of people's hands. But I think uh, the coverage is good. I think we forced two interceptions and maybe a, you know, a backwards pass. Pitt, fumble Pitt type did situation. fumble last week. Right. It, but that was, like a, that was a backwards pass. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. fluky. It was fluky. So, I think uh, I agree, though. I think we get three turnovers, and uh, now I'll turn it over to you. All right, so my first over-under, a bit of a unique one, but does Tommy DeVito play 50 snaps? Well, last week, you know, Babers is really big on, you know, how many plays does each team run, and I don't think he played 50 snaps last week, but I think he does this week simply because the offensive line won't struggle as much against the weaker Georgia Tech front. And he won't be, you know, in and out of the game with head injuries. Who who knows what? So I'll take the over here. We keep in mind, Syracuse fans, nobody has any reason why Tommy DeVito is going in and out of the game. Dino's always very, I guess, he always keeps that to himself. He'll say, oh, Tommy was injured. But it didn't seem like DeVito was really injured in the pit game. It just seemed like SU was cycling through quarterbacks. Uh, it was. I, I don't blame him, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't blame them either. <laughs> But, yeah, I agree with you, John. If the game is close in any sort of reason, DeVito has to stay in the game. He's Baber's golden child, and even though Culpepper looked better last week, in my opinion, there's nothing that says that he will be out there in the fourth quarter because that's DeVito time. That's when Tommy has to prove that he's worth something to this Syracuse team. Last over-under, I'm getting cynical with these folks because I really have not liked what I've seen from Syracuse in the first two weeks. Can the tight ends combine for two catches? Two catches. Is is that even feasible with what we've seen in the first two weeks? I'll take the over. Simply because when I watched the pit film, we finally saw some plays drawn up where the tight ends were split out running routes. And there were a couple where the ball was supposed to go to them. But for whatever reason, the Tommy just didn't throw the ball. So... I'm going to take the over here. I think Gilbert and Babers realize they need to start taking advantage of the weapons that Luke Benson and Aaron Hackett are. I really hope that Syracuse can hit the over on this one. I'm so tired of watching Tommy DeVito try to force balls into Anthony Queeley, Courtney Jackson, 
guys that are not really proven receivers. And Aaron Hackett is about as proven as you're going to get for the Syracuse Orange this year. So Syracuse needs to hit this over if they want to win this game. And they ran a they ran a tight end wheel last game. And you know what I say to that? Before we fool around with the wheels, how about we just complete a nice pass to the flat to the tight end? Then we can start talking about wheels and sticking nods and all this other stuff. We can do the curls. We can do the outs. We can do all the simple things that Syracuse did not have a chance to practice over this summer. Over the summer. Right. John, anything else about Georgia Tech before we wrap this up? I'm looking forward to this game. Uh, I think it's going to be competitive. Now, it's not going to be televised, which is It'll stupid. Be, I think it's on ACC Network Extra, so yes. good luck finding that one, folks. Yes. Uh, if you need more information on that, just go to Matt Park's Twitter. He had a whole back and forth with fans on how to get to that game. But nonetheless, really excited about this game. I wish we could be there and watch it uh, in the new stadium, but... Uh, I think we'll come out with the win here and maybe get something rolling. We got a three-game home stretch before we go to Clemson. Yeah, and Duke coming up after Georgia Tech. So two winnable games for the Orange. Noon kickoff this Saturday, Syracuse and Georgia Tech at 12 p.m. on the dot. Where we're going to wrap it up here. So and thank you for listening. Enjoy your week and enjoy the game.